To idolize someone is to admire or revere them excessively. Well, we've already got a problem because, obviously, excessive is subjective. It's a matter of opinion. Some people might think that posting pictures of someone all over their wall is an unhealthy level of admiration. But this is what most teenagers do with their favorite celebrity. So other people might think that that's a perfectly healthy way to show your admiration for something. Obviously, to admire something and to deeply appreciate and deeply respect something is healthy. But there are some ways that idolization can and does turn very unhealthy. to understand is that if you idolize somebody, you're actually more attached to the idea of them you have in your head than the actuality of them. You're attached to this image that you hold in your head of them because it fulfills some need for you, whether you're conscious of it or not. I like to call this Santa Claus complex. For example, let's say you idolize a spiritual teacher. Because of the idea of them you have in your head, you expect them to live a certain way, eat certain foods, always be loving, never be angry, the list goes on and on. Now, you need them to be that way for some specific reason, maybe because you need to have hope in humanity, hope that it's possible for a human being to transcend all of these shadow aspects that you associate with being human. Now, obviously, the day that this spiritual teacher behaves out of alignment with that image you have in your mind, that's when all hell's going to break loose. In that moment, you didn't just feel mistaken in terms of who you thought they were versus who they really are, so you lost basically this overlay that you had, which is really important for you. You also lost your faith in humanity, and that disappointment was not okay, and you blamed them for it. To understand more about this complex, I want you to watch a video titled Overlay, What Prevents You From Having a Real Relationship. The second place where idolization gets us in trouble is where the human ego tends to compare. When the ego moves into comparison thinking, idolization can turn downright dangerous. When we idolize something, we very quickly compare ourselves to whatever we idolize and feel inferior to it. The human ego cannot handle this, and so it begins a very subconscious strategy to try to gain equality, and more than that, to become better than the person it currently feels inferior to. Let's take a deep dive into the psychology of idolization, shall we? Any intense attraction implies some sort of polarity is present, just like with a magnet. The negative and the positive aspects, the polarized aspects of a magnet, are deeply attracted to one another because everything in this universe wants wholeness. It wants integration. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you to stop this video and watch the video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. This video will make the concept of internal polarization make perfect sense. If we are deeply attracted to something, like we are to the extreme when we idolize something, what that is actually is it's us being attracted to the external representation of the part within us that we have cut ourselves off from and suppressed. The part that we have woefully cut ourselves off from. For example, many parents shame their children for being self-centered when they perform for their parents or other people, specifically for attention. This can easily cause a child to cut off from and suppress the part of them that wants to be a performer and wants to be the center of attention. They did not want to get rid of this part of themselves. They woefully cut themselves off from it. 
but their being wants desperately to be whole, and so there's that subconscious drive to reown that part of themselves. They may then be hopelessly attracted to and idolize a pop star. The worship of that pop star actually is an externalized way of loving that part of them that is a performer and that loves to be the center of attention, which they learned was not okay about themselves. It is essentially a love affair, the part of us we learned was forbidden to love within ourselves, and therefore forbidden to be. By getting closer to this person that you idolize, you're actually beginning to get closer to and re-own that aspect within yourself that they are the external representation of. And any time two magnets get closer, that draw towards the person, that magnetism or that need for them, starts to dissipate. This also makes you feel like they are less on a pedestal. There's an equalization that's beginning to occur in your perceptual reality. This feels like relief. The closer you can get to them, the more this perception of inequality and idolization goes away. You feel elevated in terms of personal significance. But if this process happens subconsciously, meaning that you feel these feelings but aren't conceptualizing of why, this is a recipe for disaster. At some level, you feel that internal limit that is preventing you from having one thing or being one thing or many things that this person represents or has or is. Therefore, you have envy. Envy is I want something that I can't have. It's very important to understand what I'm about to say here. Idolization is nothing but a disguise for envy. If what somebody is deeply admired for is what someone wants for themselves. You feel inferior in a multitude of different ways. You feel like they're higher up on a pedestal to you, and that is too uncomfortable to stand. So is watching someone have what you can't have. So you will find any way you can to knock them off of that pedestal, or try to get on a bigger pedestal yourself. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Jealousy and Envy, How to Deal with It. The minute whoever you idolized says or does something to make you re-feel that sense of inequality, to make you re-feel the lack, obviously you will feel pain. You might even feel powerless. And this is where the chain of events can turn dangerous. Now what will happen is that you will try to desperately compete to get away from those emotions that are uncomfortable within you, that are being fueled by them, or not even by them, by some situation, completely indirect, that just makes you feel these feelings towards them. That inequality, that lack, whatever else it is. To get away from the pain, you basically turn against the person who you once idolized. We watched this happen over and over and over and over in history, when kings were overthrown again and again by the people who once looked up to them by the people who once were considered esteemed members of the court. One of the biggest ways that the human ego likes to compete is through the superiority of character. It loves to play a moral game. Therefore, if somebody can't find a way to be better than somebody in terms of success or in terms of talent or, you know, whatever, whatever, a person will automatically start to compete for goodness of character moral superiority. What you'll try to do is find fault with whoever you feel this way towards, the person you used to idolize. The multi-billion dollar industry called tabloids 
exists because of this. Your ego loves it when you see a star wrapped up in some new scandal and when you see all their flaws. If people feel they can't gain significance and a sense of equality or superiority in any other way, they will gain significance and a sense of superiority through opposition. They will turn from a fan to a hater. Think about it. No one cared or even knew who John Wilkes Booth was until the day he killed the president. People who feel they can gain personal significance and achievement will not waste any personal energy trying to gain significance or a sense of equality or self-worth through pulling people down. Hate acts as a mask for personal insecurity. It elevates the hater past the hated. It gives purpose to people and identity. Then the human ego seeks to be validated in that positioning. The more validation that somebody gets for their feelings of hate, the easier it is for them to avoid looking at their deep insecurities and those deep wounds that exist there, the hurt basically that's been triggered. And obviously the higher their self-esteem feels because they're being told they're right. This is why one hater turns to two haters, turns to three haters, turns to four haters. They can feel superior and feel empowered instead of powerless next to the person they have turned against. And the hate will only stop when the hater faces what is underneath the hate, including his or her own insecurities. What most people don't realize when they are in the process of idolizing someone or when they're being idolized is that idolization is completely and totally conditional. It's conditional upon meeting some need that a person has. It's conditional upon living up to some image people have in their head. It's conditional upon never triggering the person. Basically, it's conditional upon conditions that no human could ever meet. So it's a recipe for a fall from grace. For this reason, in Hollywood, it is often said that the person to be the most afraid of is your biggest fan. For somebody to turn from a lover to a hater, from a fan to a hater, from an admirer to somebody who's turned against you, they have to, with no exceptions, perceive themselves to have been hurt in some way. But that's just the thing. It could be direct, or completely and totally indirect. If someone feels insecure about their looks and you look how they wish they looked, that will cause them to feel pain. If someone needs to feel significant and special to you and you don't answer the email they sent you, that will cause them to feel pain. If you say no to something that they wanted you to say yes to, that will cause them pain. If you don't believe in vaccines and a person believes that makes you a threat to their well-being, that will cause them to feel pain. When you get successful, it makes people feel less successful and that causes them pain. When you're beautiful, it makes people feel less desirable. That causes them pain. When you get rich, it makes people feel poor. That causes them pain. When you get famous, it causes people to feel insignificant. That causes them pain. This is why no one has haters like the successful, beautiful, rich, and famous. It is not possible to ensure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will not cause someone pain. The most you can possibly do is to try to not cause people pain whilst not causing yourself pain in the process of trying not to do so. You are also completely powerless when people experience pain about whether they can face those very real feelings and create some kind of resolve for them or turn against you in order to avoid those feelings. To steer clear of the dark side of idolization, what you need to do is to re-own the aspect within you that you have cut off from your consciousness that the external person you currently idolize is the external representation of. To steer clear of hate, you need to be able to face the very real pain, the very real lack, and the very real insecurities that exist there, instead of 
turning against the person who is causing you to feel those emotions. 